You're listening to the AISTS Master of Sports Administration podcast, created by Dr. Boris Gojanovic as part of the program Sports Medicine Module. In this series, we attempt to discover, understand, and debate the important issues in the world of sports medicine. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Beyond the Boundary with GNT. I'm Goran. And I'm Tina. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the most controversial topics in sport. Does the name Castro Semenya ring a bell? If not, just Google it, and along with some pictures, you will see a whole host of words pop up, like testosterone, IAAF, controversy, debate. Yes, that's right, hyperandrogenism and hormone therapy is what we're talking about for the next few minutes. So, before we get into debate, Tina, let's talk about who Castro Semenya is and what exactly is a controversy. It's one of those debates, isn't it? Split down the middle. You either stand in solidarity with the IAAF or you think it's grossly unfair to manipulate an athlete's body. So where do you stand? Well, that's a tricky one, Goran, and I will reveal my stand in a few minutes after we speak to one of the world's leading experts on this topic. But let's start, as you suggested, with a quick run-through of who Castor Semenya is and what the problem is. Castor is a highly decorated 800-meter athlete from South Africa, but she happens to have naturally occurring high levels of testosterone. So what does that mean, Goran? This means that her testosterone levels are higher than what may be considered average or normal for women, and this classifies her as an androgen-sensitive athlete, which means she has to lower her testosterone levels in order to meet the IAAF's criteria to be categorized as a female. There is a limit that has been specified in the IAAF's new rule, which comes into effect in November 2018, and that limit states that testosterone levels of 5 nanomoles per liter and above are not permissible. And mind you, this is specifically for the 400-meter, 800-meter, and 1500-meter races. So essentially, this new rule forces Semenya to take hormone therapy to reduce her testosterone or otherwise switch to long distance. And that's where the question arises. It's being done in the name of fair play, but is this really fair to her? Goran, to understand the issue a little better, we need to really look at what is hyperandrogenism, what is testosterone, and what is normal. Sure, hyperandrogenism is a medical condition which is characterized by elevated levels of androgens, which are male sex hormones like testosterone in the female body. Normally occurring levels in females is between 0.35 to 4.16 nanomoles per liter. So, one can perhaps understand where the IAAF's rule of 5 and above not being allowed comes from. But, the tricky issue is that, as you mentioned, these are naturally occurring hormones in her body. And does anyone have the right to categorize her as not female as a result of that? Well, to answer that, let's take a look at the effects of elevated testosterone levels in a female athlete. Increased androgen levels can actually result in an increased body mass, sharper visuospatial ability, increased oxygen carrying capacity, and overall sports performance. The fact is that in elite sport, it's clear that even the tiniest percentage of improvement can mean the difference between winning a medal or not. So it's a tough call for the IAAF. Well, there seems to be a lot of opinions about it. Paula Radcliffe, for one, seems to think that Castor Semenya is in the wrong. Even though she's a marathon runner, and admittedly a legendary one, she has gone on record to say, and I quote, when we talk about it in terms of fully expecting no other result than Castor Semenya to win that 800 meter, then it's no longer sport. Those are strong words. What do you think? It's tough to hear it coming from a veteran of the sport. 
for an athlete that has said nothing, done nothing, and is being ostracized because of her hormonal makeup. There are others, though, like Laura Mir, for example, who in fact competes against Castro Semenya. Uh, she has said, and I quote, I don't really have time for nonsense. I do not think about something that might happen in eight months. I don't focus on the IAAF. It's not my business. My business is to train hard and see what I come up with in a competition. And that brings us to the crux of the issue. If an athlete is showing up for competition with naturally occurring elevated hormones, is it any different to the other genetic variations that we see in sport? Usain Bolt is nearly two meters tall. So should there be a cap on height? There have been many instances of athletes who have had some genetic blessing that gave them an edge, and yet Semenya will have to artificially lower her testosterone levels in order to be able to compete. Yes, exactly. She may have to be administered with beta blockers to counter the androgens, but what will happen is that these testosterone blockers are going to reduce her male characteristics, which means it will reduce bulk, it will reduce oxygen capacity, and therefore there could be an impact on her performance. This is why this is a contentious issue, because she was born with this condition. So the debate then transcends beyond the medical and into the territory of ethics, which is why we have one of the world's leading experts in bioethics, Dr. Silvia Camporesi, joining us on the podcast. Dr. Camporesi is the director of the MSc program in bioethics and society at King's College London. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Camporesi. In your opinion, should there be a cap on levels of naturally occurring androgens in female athletes? And further on that, what about the issue of a level playing field? Can elevated androgen levels give an unfair advantage? Uh, I think that the idea of a level playing field in competition is a myth. All kinds of uh, genetic and biological variation make elite athletes what they are. And you know, there is a, a research on the genetic basis of sports performance that has been unraveling um, genetic association between the particular alleles and uh, higher endurance capacity, higher ca- capacity to recover uh, after training. Um, there are cases of uh, athletes in the past that had the genetic condition that uh, definitely provided them with an advantage. I'm thinking of the Finnish skier Euro Mantiranta who mm-hmm. won gold medal at the World Olympics in Innsbruck and the other genetic conditions that caused the relative increase in his red blood cells of about 50% compared to the average population. And that definitely provided an advantage in competition. But we, don't, we didn't consider that advantage to be unfair to disrupt the level playing field in a way that needed to be capped. So I think that, and this is what I've been writing on for the past now uh, almost 10 years, that it's um, um, it's unjustified to single out a testosterone from the other genetic and biological variation, either we cap them all or we don't cap any of them. And I think in practice, probably the, the latter is more feasible. Thank you very much, Dr. Camparesi. appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. And with that, we throw the question open to you, our listeners. Do you think Castro Semenya has an unfair advantage? And we leave you with something to chew on. Do you think hyperandrogenism may be linked to race and genetics? Or are rules and regulations more about the sociocultural context? We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. 
If you've got questions or comments, share them directly on this track on the AISTS MSA SoundCloud page or visit us at www.aists.org.